0: First up is KPlot which I don't have anything to say about. It is a library. It's got the the usual assortment of header files and some CMake preset files and a a .so a library. Uh and it it's it describes itself as KPlotWidget is a QWidget derived class that provides a virtual base class for easy data plotting. The idea behind KPlotWidget is that you only have to specify information in data units that is the natural units of the data being plotted kplot widget automatically converts everything to screen pixel units well that's nice kplot widget draws x and y axes with tick marks and tick labels and automatically determines how many tick marks to use and where they should be based on the data limits specified for the plot i can see how that would be super useful i can't imagine personally, myself ever, ever using that. I mean, I guess never is a long time, but not anytime soon. So that's, that's all I know about that. I'm assuming that this is used maybe in KM plot, which I think we've talked about, M-N-O-P, yeah, we must have talked about it. Uh, It's one of those plotting calculator type applications, but I could be wrong. Maybe that's an entirely different widget specific to Kmplot. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking this, but Kplot widget is what I just read, and that's all I know about it. Next up is KmyMoney. This is kind of a big one. I know a lot of people do use software rigorously to manage their accounts, and that's great. I have to admit I, I am not one of those people. I... I mean, I do use software to manage my accounts, but not a dedicated accounting software. I have no experience with that sort of thing, and I, I'm not confident in myself that I would be rigorous enough to manage the software managing my account. Now, K Money has some cool features that, in theory, should make it uh, sort of. Possible to, to be, to only be nominally involved with sort of like the incoming and outgoing amounts of your account. So you don't have to go in and manually enter things. That's kind of where I fall apart is where I'm supposed to come home and remember to input something into a software so that that, that expense has been accounted for. And that's just not the way I work. I've tried it. I have to do it when I'm business traveling, you know, I have to rigorously manage uh, expenses and things like that but realistically it is it is not something that I do on a daily basis so is K money is K my money right for me it might be it might be that I'm missing out on a lot of features uh, but I I do not use it so when you start K my money you are able to put in a bunch of personal information from or you can just import it from your pim and you can skip that step or you can do it then you select your currency and i'm just going to put in new zealand dollar cuz that's what i use and then um although that's to be fair that's not the only currency i have accounts for so i do have us dollar you know bank accounts with 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 us dollars in it so so i don't know how that figures into this equation next up it says that i can uh, set up a checking account from from which I can pay bills and into which I can receive money. You can skip this step, and I kind of had to because I know the name of the... Well, the name of the account is arbitrary. I know the account number that I would input. I know the opening balance. I know the name of the institution. Routing number. I don't know the routing number. I don't even know how to find the routing number. I, I looked for it on my bank's website, and all I could find was references to a Swift code. So... I got no clue what a routing number how to, how to find a routing number. So I kind of I put in what I could and then skipped everything else. And then it got worse because then you have to select what kind of accounts you want to pre-populate your K My Money with and they are organized into countries and New Zealand is not listed as a country with defaults. So I guess more or less the the closest maybe would be the U.K. Uh, Australia's not there either. So I guess the U.K. would sort of probably because New Zealand takes a lot of its traditions and and, and um, sort of default settings from the U.K. So I put in a, the common accounts of the U.K., a basic set of accounts most commonly used. And it looks like there's a lot here. Uh, it does tell you what you're signing up for. There's current assets, cash and wallet. Who has cash and wallet anymore? Well, actually, I think I actually do, but I mean, not really. Uh, checking account, savings account, equity. I don't even know what that means. Literally, literally don't know what equity is. Expense, adjustment. I don't know. I mean, I know what an expense is. Why would I be adjusting it? Auto, uh, bank service charge. Uh, I don't have that. Books, cable, <laughs> cable, charity, clothes, computer, you know, just on and on. And, and charity is a hard one too, because I actually do donate a lot of money to uh, well, not a lot of money, but like I, I donate frequently to uh free software projects, but I don't know. I don't get like charity receipts from those. So do I count those as charities? Does it matter? Um, and so on. So there's a bunch of sort of pre-select pre-built things that I, I mean, ultimately I think I recognize that I would probably just have to customize in the end, uh, but then once you're done, you're done, and it uh, just it asks you how you want to store all of your data. You can do it as a SQL or XML. I'm going to choose XML because, as I understand it, and from what K My Money seems to be suggesting, that's the one that's kind of a, a common format for 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 a lot of different banking. Um, institutions. And I, I do happen to kind of vaguely know that there's a, um, yeah, there's a couple of interchange formats that I believe are XML based. So it seems reasonable to me. I mean, I'm sure it could be converted either way, but that's what I'm going to go with. Once you've set up KMyMoney, then you are taken to kind of your central overview, the, the big hub uh, overview of of your accounts and and as it says like you know it's got certain pre-populated accounts so there's things like credit card and 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 that's a liability account oh that's nice um there's asset accounts cash in wallet checking account the bank that i put in savings account and so on uh and and there are links so if i go to a savings account i don't i mean i didn't set up a savings account because i wasn't prompted to during the setup wizard but that's okay what you can do is go to the accounts tab over on the left and look into the, the, the place where the savings account was listed. That was the, an assets account, not a liability of course. And then there's my, my normal bank and then current assets. And within there, oh, where did that go? Uh, there is a savings account entry. Now, if I right click on that, I can go to edit account and now I could, I can name the account so I could put in something, something new. Which would be good because, you know, there's lots of different kinds of savings account these days. You could have, like, a savings account that's just a normal savings account. Or you could have it where it's, like, um, you know, long-term, like, whatever they call them. I I guess different countries probably call them different things. So, uh, in New Zealand, they're called, I think, a PIE account, P-I-E. And I don't remember what that means. But you you allocate money and then you get a higher interest rate. But you can't get that money on, you know, without notice. Like, you have to tell them... Hey, next month I'm going, or, or in three months, I'm going to withdraw this amount. It just depends on, on sort of what you're willing to give up. And then in the balance, um, it says it's a checking account. It's not checking it's savings clearly. Uh, and then in the balance, let's put $1,000 into, well, let's put $1,024 into this savings account. Last check number doesn't matter. It's not a checkings account institution i don't care and there's a bunch of stuff in there that i don't even know anyway limits taxes wow lots of information okay so there i've just put i i've created a new asset account or i've edited the 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 asset account and if i go back home then indeed in addition to what i have in my normal bank account now i have 1024 dollars in my savings account now if i go to my normal account then it's just it shows my my opening balance. And I've got a couple of different things that I can do on a daily basis, I can deposit money, I can transfer money, or I can withdraw money from this. And so you could go in here and and move money around between accounts. Now, I mean, that that's the basics. And I'm not going to go into I mean, there's, there's more, there are reports that you can generate, which is very cool. You can see bar graphs, maybe this is using k plot, who knows um, there's net worth, uh, net worth, uh, cash flow. I don't know what that means. Investments, taxes, but budgeting, um, I guess you could create a budget. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the, the, what you do here. And, and this is all really cool, but it's just, it's a lot of interaction that, I know myself. I'm not going to do. I'm not going to keep up with that. So I'm not going to use this personally. What I will say about it is that it is really a nice. It, it's a nice setup, and I could see myself getting into this in a in a different situation. Like if I if I, I don't know if I felt like it was, it was worth doing. As it is, I use a LibreOffice spreadsheet to sort of outline my budget for the year. I essentially just put upper limits of things that I, that I, that, you know, I shouldn't spend any more than this for the year on, 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 on this category of items. And it's, it isn't a, it isn't a, um it's not a rule set. It is simply a goal. And at the end of each year, I look over it and see how I did and if I did well in a category then I make note of that if I did poorly in a category then I decide what I want to do do I want to raise my expected limit or do I want to next year consider that a little bit more next time before I buy that coffee or, or whatever that muffin from the cafe whatever so yeah it's um it's it's something that I do sort of separately and it it it's not a daily it's a once a year thing. I put in the amount and then i and then I kind of forget about it. I mean I check in with it, but I kind of forget about it um until the end of the year and then I just look at the categories and the categories I derive from the internet banking application that my bank provides, and that is what I really think that that's the that's the challenge to pay my money and to other uh, budgeting software packages out there, at least for me, is that the. I'm not going to say that. Um, is that the 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 banks these days, at least here in New Zealand. I mean, they've got really excellent. Maybe excellent is a strong word. They have very capable website systems set up, where you can go in, transfer money, make payments, and so on. And in New Zealand, you can also it's it's really really fluid the way that you can get money between people like if you want to send if you buy something off of like the new zealand equivalent of ebay then you can just send the person your bank account or rather if you've sold something you send the purchaser your bank account number and they can just they go into their bank and they send you money like right away i think the equivalent in the u.s is venmo but i don't know what venmo is i think it's I think it's like a third party thing that you have to sign up for i think or maybe it's integrated into banks now i don't know point is in new zealand it's just sort of it just is it's just there you just you just trade money around with account numbers it happens all the time i would say in fact that's the default method of paying between just normal normal people like if someone bought you um or you know paid for half of a meal or yeah no if you want to pay for like half of a meal then you just you don't give a person a twenty dollar bill you you ask them for their banking details and then you just send the money from your bank it's it's really it's quite quite digital these days so in practice i don't know that k my money is is really that useful to me and uh, i think that shows because i i don't use it i don't use it myself i have tried i've poked around with it. And, and it's just realistically not the way that I'm, I'm managing my money right now. Let's play a game called K-naval Battle. Actually, let's not. I hate this game. I really do, honestly. It is a... I mean, I don't hate the program, just to be clear. The the application is really cool. It is really nice, actually. Not only can you play a single-player game against the computer, you can host a network game, or you can connect to a network game in progress. So it it's really neat. I mean... What more could you ask for? I just love that kind of thing where games. I mean, I don't actually play networked games, but I just love the idea that those are the options. You know, you can, you can, you you can play single player. You can play networked. I, I wish there was a, a an option to play like two player at the same computer. But I I do recognize as well that that would be really weird because like every turn you'd have to like. Turn your chair, or like cl- promise to close your eyes and promise not to peek. So yeah, I get that that doesn't. But but the network game is a is a great co op option to have. It's just I I don't like S- Battleship. I don't like that game. I think it's a stupid game. There's there's really no I, I don't I don't know of a strategy to it. And if there is a strategy, then I don't find it interesting. So I don't know. It, it's cool that it exists it's cool that it's networked but it is exactly the game that you remember as a kid you would sit there and call out places to bomb on a board and if there was a ship there that you hit then then you would know that and you could mark it on your on your little board and try to figure out where the next ship is and so on it's just a boring game i think it's just you just you just click and click and click and click really really silly it it is Definitely a functional game, though. It's nicely executed. And if people do like Battleship, then I imagine that that's going to be a pretty cool game for them to have access to. You know what is a fun game to me? K-Netwalk. If you have not played this, you have to try it. Honest, it is so cool. So, the setup, I mean, first of all, the setup. I mean, the setup is obviously of interest if you are... It's probably... Of interest, if you are using Linux, not necessarily, there are people who are using Linux who are not interested in network configuration or network topography at all, but if you are if you do lean towards being fascinated by that sort of thing, then k netwalk sort of automatically appeals like there's there's something to it now the the theme of it is 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 pretty spot on, so the theme of k netwalk is that you have some number of terminals that you want to connect to the internet now admittedly there's no question uh, presumably when this internet thing the the internet the world wide web presumably there's i i think what you're connecting to is probably the gateway server like that's actually what what you're connecting to so so there's no you know you're not really dealing with hubs and things like that or or routers or, or or switches but what you are doing is you're trying to essentially run cable from every terminal on the board in such a way that they all can be connected to this the the, the Internet through a single point of uh, – through a single contact. So you only have one cable exiting the, the Internet icon. And when you click on an icon, the cable – there we go – the cable shifts. Oh, actually on this one, there's two points of connection on the internet. Okay. Um, yeah. So the point being, I guess, is that the cables cannot be moved, but they can be rotated. So you're trying to create a pipeline that is able to connect all terminals to, to your setup. And it's very satisfying because when, when that connection is, when the, the magical blue smoke can get through the pipeline to the internet then the internet pops up onto the the monitor onto the terminal screen so it it's very very satisfying you know you get that instant feedback of like ah good a connection has been made that's that's perfect and if you've ever been <laughs> trying to configure a network and you're running over to terminals or you're sshing into a terminal to ping ping 8888 or whatever you you ping to confirm that yes yes i can see the outside world maybe i mean maybe you ping just google.com because you want to also test name resolution which is fair enough um but that is super satisfying to see that little light beam on but it is a real puzzle because there are there are terminals you know that that connect to two different pipelines let's call it and you think well how how can that how can that be useful like that that must that, that must be a pipeline to get that terminal but then how does this terminal here connect up to the pipeline, but if, and then if you move, you move a pipe, uh, to, 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 to satisfy, you know, one thing, it, it steals the internet from another. So it it's just a really fun visual puzzle for, for pretend, uh, networking fun. And that it's a weird thing to, to, to do because it, it is a little bit silly. I mean, this isn't this isn't the actual, this isn't really how networks should work. I mean, like maybe there's just, I, 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 I bet you could, you, you could get an internet, get a network to work this way. You would hate, you would not like that. It would not be useful. Um, although, you know what? I guess if you saw every, every three way intersection as essentially you can just pretend like that's a router or a switch, whichever you prefer, doesn't really matter in this context, um then then you could kind of yeah then that kind of makes some sense yeah that makes sense actually okay but anyway it's a little bit silly cuz it 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 isn't you know in real life you would just you would just you just make it connect differently but for for whatever reason in this scenario all you can do is rotate <laughs> switches and hubs and and cables you can't actually just run a new cable from here to there or whatever um which i guess you know there's some some realism there as well i mean these aren't necessarily in the same building these could be different these could be terminals representing global connections uh and you're trying to tether them together anyway whatever you have to tell yourself to make this game work it is a fun fun puzzle to the point that there were there have been several times where i just think well this one's not solvable like this 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 time their random algorithm has has created a completely unsolvable puzzle and then you you spend another five minutes on it and you think oh i see now that group of terminals shouldn't be a group of term that 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 needs to connect to to this group over here and then this one goes way over there and connects back over over on the other side of the board and then you know yeah so it's it's a lot of fun is what i'm trying to say there's no time limit this isn't um what's that one game where it's like or or that mini game in um bioshock where you're like hacking and there's like that green gloop that sort of goes through the pipeline and so you have to do it quickly before the green gloop gets out um this isn't that this is just puzzle pieces that you rotate until until the the internet is able to navigate through the pipeline and find every terminal until every terminal has the internet on its screen. The game is in play. There's no time limit. I mean, the quicker you do it, the better your high score is. But, um, but that's that's what you're up against. It's a lot of fun. And actually, I think no, no, that one. That's got to be the right config. Yeah, this one's killing me. But yeah, this is a lot of fun. Test it out if you have not tried it. It is so much fun. Uh, I'm gonna go get a cup of coffee while I try to solve this final final puzzle that I accidentally started during the show. Uh, And you go get some coffee, try K Netwalk. We'll come back, we'll finish up the show. We're back i've got my coffee and i i did solve the, the puzzle it took me six minutes but i did get it i had like 44 moves which is really bad and it's it's such a fun game k netwalk wow what a discovery i never i never knew that existed until until going through the applications for this episode so um it's a lot of fun really really bad to open that up if you are trying to get actual work done so avoid it at all costs but If you're you're looking for a good game, definitely give it a try. K-Network. All right. Next in the list is K-New Stuff. And K-New Stuff is a library implementing collaborative data sharing for applications. It uses LibAttica to support the Open Collaboration Services specification. You can see K-New Stuff in in action if you go to your system settings and go to something like uh go to appearance for instance and then go to more appearance settings and then there's a button in the lower right corner of this get new global themes click on that and you're watching k new stuff in action and this is a really really slick little uh feature of of KDE that I have always appreciated and and honestly i i i've almost always used it i think this is probably the first iteration of slackware that i've not used this feature yet yeah i'm not really sure but um it's i mean especially this one the, like the the one that, the example that i'm using right now the global themes uh, th- I mean this is if you if you don't love the themes that are available for k d e you want something different go to g- go to settings find a different theme that you prefer uh they you know they'll they'll theme different things that they'll give you different opening or not open but uh, minimize and close buttons on your window decorations uh which which by the way I should actually do here 's the thing about um the window buttons on my desktop is I've, I've got four of them. I've got the um, always keep ab- keep above all other windows. I've got the pin a window to every desktop, to every virtual desktop. I've got the minimize button, which is an arrow pointing down. And then I've got the uh, maximize button, which is an arrow pointing up. So the problem there is that on my desktop, I have my my panel at the top of my screen. So when I minimize I'm clicking a down, a, an arrow pointing to the bottom of my screen, which for people using the default setup makes sense. But for me with my panel at the top makes no sense. I'm, I'm minimizing something down. No, I'm actually minimizing it up. So for me, the up arrow would make more sense as the minimize button. And the I guess, I don't know what, uh, no arrow for maximize. I don't understand why I'm a maximize button points up, to be honest, except that I guess the assumption is that your min- your, your window is not along the top of your screen because it's not maximized. But I mean, that's not always true. So that's kind of strange and it's problematic. It's vaguely problematic for me. It's not terribly problematic, but it's it's a little bit weird whereas something that was just i don't know something else could make more sense for me i mean certainly maximize i think a square makes sense um so i could i could scroll through here i could look at the get the you know the k new stuff and find maybe some window decoration that i prefer and that and that's that's really that's it that's that's k new stuff um i'm not going to i'm not going to do that right now uh window decorations there's get new window decorations as well so so if i wanted to find just specifically just some new window decorations i don't care about the icon set and the and all that other stuff i just just want some new window decorations then i could i could do that um and so on so those are the options i i, I clearly have been happy enough with the kde uh what is this kde 5 25th anniversary whatever edition uh, I, I'm clearly happy enough with its with its overall theme that I have not actually bothered resorting to Knew stuff, but I do love that Knew stuff exists. I think it's a really slick feature. It's just it's one of those other things about a Linux desktop where because it's open source, because there's collaboration and contribution, you get this store shopfront like experience where everything costs zero dollars. It's just so nice and it is um it's something that i think it's it's easy to take for granted and it's really easy to take for granted because you know we don't we don't necessarily always use it i mean there's there's a k new stuff for wallpapers as well so that that's a that's a really easy way of getting some new wallpaper so i don't know take a look at it appreciate it even if you don't use it at least take a moment to appreciate that it exists because I mean, honestly, that's that's integration to a larger collaborative network that most desktops they just don't have that. And if they do, it's to vendors. It's it's to it's to places trying to make money off of something. And and I won't say that Knew stuff is a is a paradise of of nothing but high quality contributor content. I mean, there are definitely things in there that that like especially the wallpaper stuff, you know, that that have just been have just been contributed by some. Some entity you know i don 't know if it's a person i don't know if it's a if it's a a network i don 't know what it is, but there's junk on there for sure but but there's a lot of cool stuff too all right next application on the list what's this k knights oh yeah, this is a chess game if you like chess and who doesn't uh then you can play chess against either another person, a computer engine of your choice gnu chess crafty stockfish or S-Sjeng. uh or a chess server like FreeChess.org, or probably no, just FreeChess.org. Okay, so yeah, that's what you can do. You can play, um, you can play chess on your computer, and uh, it's it's a fairly, I don't know, fairly predictable setup. Uh, it's kind of interesting because it switches, like if it's if it's human against human, it switches the orientation of the board on every turn which is really quite nice because um, that way you see it from your own perspective every time. You don't have to be the one person who's like struggling to envision what the board would look like, you know, turning your head around to see what that would look like. So yeah, it's a pretty cool little setup. Um, And darn it, now I've started a chess game, but uh, we can just, it's fine. Well, let me just capture that pawn really quick. And actually, let me just mobilize that knight. Oh, I'm going to capture the knight. Okay, anyway, I was just playing chess, literally. Um, I was playing both sides. Okay, so the, yeah, it's, it's a good game. And, and yes, the fact that it integrates into chess servers is really, really nice. I have not played multiple games with che- K-knights. That's that's the one thing. Isn't that funny that I'm saying K-knights? It's actually knights, technically, right? Because that's knight knight. Anyway, um... I haven't played multiple games, so that that would be interesting to see how well that sort of holds up, I guess. But other than that, yeah, it's it's a nice little it's a nice little board. K Notes is up next. K Notes is um, well, it's actually really great, to be honest. Um, it, it is, you know, it's as with many of these little applications, because of K Parts and KCM and and so on. You can launch it as its own sort of little application, and then you have virtual sticky notes. On your desktop, all over the place. And I mean, it can get out of hand, absolutely. But I mean, some people, I have seen people who really like this method of kind of just, you know, creating to do lists. And they're, they're maybe different colors of notes or different information and in different ones that with different fonts or whatever. And, and they look just like sticky notes in real life. You know, they've got the right, they look like the, the bright yellow color, you know, just like you'd imagine. Um, they they appear in your system tray with with a persistent making each note persistently available so even if it's not visible uh it still exists so if you want to refer to a note you can just click on the little sticky note icon in your system tray to bring up a specific uh note now the other way that you can access this because again because it's technically a, a KCM I guess is um, is through contact, the, the big personal information management application, which can house, uh, an instance of K mail and of aggregator and K journal or K jots rather, and so on. So the notes application, uh, is not that one. I just clicked on K aggregator, not this one. Where is K Oh, pop-up notes? There it is. Ah, interesting. It's called pop-up notes. Okay. Cause there's another one, just called notes, and that's not it. So K okay, pop-up notes is the one with the the yellow sticky notes. I think yes, it is okay. Um, and there they are. There there are my notes in a notebook, which I've talked about this before. At, it, fr- at from a different angle fr- from from the K notes uh, angle, but the pop-up notes are is a is a different view of of the same data and. That's kind of interesting um and and quite powerful too, I guess, because I mean that way you can have you can have everything you can have your notes in a structured view as if though it was in a dynamic and hyperlinked notebook, or you can have them extracted as little sticky notes on your desktop. I think that could be really useful for certain people like if if that's the way that you sort of like to track your tasks, I could see how that would be really, really, really useful um and maybe it would be useful in different, you know, as different from different angles at different times. So maybe you want today, you want your sticky notes available to you because you're at work and, and you need to know what to work on next. But over the weekend, you don't want them there, but you do still want them. You, you want access to them in, in your big notebook planner, where you're kind of organizing the week ahead of you or something like that. I don't know. I'm just making things up, but, but that could be very, very useful, I think for some, some people. So that's K sticky notes, essentially. I mean it's called Knotes, but yeah, the, it's the sticky note impl, uh um implementation of of, Kno, of of the Note application in PIM. The note functionality in PIM. Okay, let's talk about K notifications. K notifications is used to notify the user of an event. It covers feedback and persistent events. I'll take a look at this really quick in var blog packages. K notifications. There we go. Uh, yeah, it is exactly what I figured it would be. The header files, it's a library. Um, this, I mean, this is a subsystem essentially that the KDE desktop runs that application authors, developers could, could hook into. If you want, if you need to alert the user of something, then you can send them a K notification. And that way, There's a log of the notification for the user, there's a little pop-up indicator up in the upper right corner of the screen for the user, and so on. I personally love how notifications have developed on computers. There is an episode out there, I wish I could find it, I didn't look for it, but there's an episode of this show out there in the archive where it is all about notifications and I talk about how bad notifications are. And this was probably, I don't know, 7 8 years ago, 6 years ago, 3 years ago, I don't know. Not 3. Probably probably more like yeah, 5 or 7 or 10. Um and I talk about that. I talk about how bad notifications are, how they they appear everywhere, how they appear nowhere, how they appear under a window, how they appear on top of a window at the wrong time, how they how they appear up in the upper right corner in the left corner, down at the bottom, they're everywhere, and I say in that episode that we should be able to do better. This is a thing that we should be able to fix, and let's work on that as a community and today i'm we fixed it, we did it like it works like job job done. Like we have notifications in a centralized location. They pop up reliably exactly in the same place. They are then stored as a log until you clear them. It is just, it's a beautiful, beautiful system. And I am just, I could not be happier with notifications. But wait, there's more. When I download something from Firefox, because I've got a Firefox and KDE integration plugin installed, when i fire when i firefox something from download when i download something from firefox a k notification pops up and based on the mime type you'll remember about mime types from the previous episode when i talked about k mime based on the mime type it in the notification there's a button offering for me to open that file in in a, a the the most logical application for it so if i've downloaded an ascii doc application it offers to open it for me in emacs if i've downloaded a libreoffice file it offers to open it in libreoffice if i've downloaded a torrent it offers me to open up in kget which is never what i want and i need to set that actually it, i i prefer ktorrent actually so anyway the the idea is though that that it is it is as intelligent as i think i want it to be and it is very very useful very helpful and i just love it i i I can't tell you how much I I love where notifications have have how they've developed. I, I honestly I, they're just brilliant. Speaking of notifications, there's a K Notify config, which provides a configuration dialog for desktop notifications that can be embedded in, notific- in, in in embedded in your application. So this isn't an application on your desktop right now, um, exactly. It is uh, something that you can options that you can provide people if you're a developer f- so that they can decide how things are notified now there is a notifications setting in system settings i don't know for sure that that's that that i guess i could look really quick let's see if this is um k notify config yeah is there an actual, is there a KCM for this that I can find? I don't see one, so I don't, I mean, it it, it might still use it, but I don't think it's like a, I don't think it's a standalone thing. I think people, you know, if, if it's in system settings, then I think that the system settings people had to use this library to get it in there. Um, Yeah, and there's like do not disturb modes. There are, there's a toggle for that. There's critical notifications, what, how they how they um how they pop up normal notifications do they show up over a full screen application or not uh, low priority do they show a pop-up yes or no do they show in history yes or no and so on so lots of granularity here i love that this is that's why i like kde it's why i love kde that kind of granularity is just so nice because it is that's that's what i want i I don't want to set that every day but because it's granular i can set it once and then forget about it i mean i i totally forgot for instance that my notification settings prohibited notifications over a full screen application i've just taken that for granted for years of course they don't show up in a full screen application why would i ever want them to well what if i did want them to now i know where i can go to turn that off temporarily or or to turn it back on or or whatever so it's just i i love that i love that about kde i love it about k notify i love i love kde notification system It it is brilliant it works every single time for me i'm I just can't cannot be happier about how kde handles its notifications i don't know why everyone isn't using kde it's just so nice anyway next up is kulf that's um that's golf the the game golf um and it is the KDE version of it and it is so much fun it really is it's legitimately fun it is arguably relatively you know rudimentary it's it's not um it isn't it's it's not the uh it's not the fanciest of of interfaces it like gets line art but it's it's you know miniature golf so it it isn't like you're not, you're not an 18 hole course or anything. You're, you're shooting around obstacles the best that you can. And you're trying to get into, you're trying to get your, your golf ball into the, the, the hole, whatever they're called. Is it just called the hole? Um, and there's elevation and there are barriers and there are blockades and you can you can you can hit something with too much power and overshoot the hole, and so on. So um, so it, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And there are all kinds of little barriers, like there are um, speed ramps and, and buzzers and things that bounce your ball when you hit them. So it, it's almost pinball, really, uh, but in in a golf setting for whatever reason. Now, what's really neat about golf is that you can design your own course. Yes, you can go into edit mode and create your own um little obstacles. And there's all kind like I say there's all kinds of stuff. There's slope, puddle, wall, cup, s- sand, windmill, black hole, floater, bridge, sign, bumper, um suggested par all these kinds of things. And and you, so you can just design your own little course and it is, it's so much fun and you can save it and replay it. You could distribute it. You could redistribute it to others, all that other good stuff. So golf is a lot of fun. I would definitely, I would definitely show this to a kid because I feel like when I was a kid, I, I had this, I had a golf, a little miniature golf game that I quite enjoyed for a while. And I remember just wanting to make my own courses so much and they didn't have that functionality at that time. Uh, and this one does. So, I mean, now I don't care. I don't want to do that anymore. But, I mean, I could see myself doing that on a lazy afternoon the next time I have another lazy afternoon. I think I have a lazy afternoon scheduled for 2035, actually. So maybe then I'll, I'll give it a go. But um, otherwise, yeah, show it to someone who has a lot of time and and, and loves building their own little computer games. Um that that's a great entry point for that i think i mean you're not changing mechanics you know you're not like you're not coming up with programming logic necessarily although some of those obstacles probably you could sort of consider those as logical puzzles um but i mean it's still a lot of fun oh my gosh and another game okay yet another game collision spelled with a k of course and this one is a game of dodgeball um it's it's silly it's a silly game uh, your mouse is tethered to a blue ball and when you click to start a bunch of red balls just are they're just they just go at it they're just all over the board um and you try to avoid being hit by these red balls of course you don't exactly know I mean I'm horrible at this by the way uh, in real life I'm horrible at this in real life I am like I I if there is a sport going on within I don't know a good 120 feet of me I will get some kind of sport implement in the face, 100% every time. Uh, So this is actually not a pleasant game for me at all. And it is a hard game, uh, because the the red balls are just going all over the place, and they look just like those horrible red balls that your elementary school used to use for dodgeball. They're the same ones, uh, and you are just frantically trying to avoid them. It's it's, it's a nightmarish game. uh, Horrible. Do avoid. Okay, next up is color paint. This will be the last one of the show, but uh, of this episode rather. Uh, I'm not I'm not ending the show like forever. I'm just ending the episode. Uh so this one is color paint. This will be the last one and I'm going to take a slightly different view of this than than maybe arguably might be intended or maybe not. I mean, I didn't I didn't write this program. I don't know what has been intended. Um I guess maybe multiple things have been intended. So here's here's the thing, right? Color paint is, if you open it and just start sort of messing around with it, you are going to think, okay, fun little MS Paint clone. I mean, that's very much kind of what it exudes. It has some basic uh, painting implements. It's got a paintbrush, and you can draw with it, and it's chunky and and very sort of, uh, I mean, it says it's drawing aliased, but I cannot detect that at all. I do not see any aliasing happening here, or I guess anti-aliasing. Maybe that's the problem. Okay. No, draw anti-aliased. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not exactly buying it, but that's what it says. Um, and, and you know, you've got squares that you can draw and that works and circles and rounded, uh, squares or rounded, uh, rectangles and so on so and you can hold shift key to to constrain things so it all sort of it all makes sense it all kind of acts the way that you would think it would act if you'd never used uh krita or my Paint. and if you take it for me if you look at it that way then it is a a, a very sort of rudimentary uh, and i i don't know why you would ever use this is what i'm trying to say like this is not a useful application if you've ever seen something like my paint and krita which just make make hand drawing on a computer so much better just so much more useful because i mean at least it gives you like pressure weight and and stroke speed so that when you draw a line the computer isn't detecting actually every subtle movement of your mouse it's it's getting it it understands that you want to go from here to there and it it smooths that stroke out so it looks more like an ink stroke of of what you would do with just your hand on paper so there there are so many nice little features uh in 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 those applications and i i honestly i i just can't fathom why anyone would use this application for drawing anything and then you might think well that's not fair because you know you might you might use it to do pixel uh pixel art, and that may be true. You might do that, in which case I I imagine that you would then you'd really only be using one tool, and that should be a pencil. And there is no pencil tool here, so I guess you would have to use the paintbrush with a one by one um, setting. Yeah, I guess that would that would work oh there 's a pencil right there i just didn 't see it a pen, okay, um, but anyway, yeah, so I, I guess you, I guess you could do that, and you would you would have to create a new document, create a new canvas that 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 when you get it to like one hundred percent you 're you're, you're just seeing sixteen by sixteen pixels or twenty four by twenty four or two fifty six by two fifty six whatever you want, so yeah, maybe that 's one use, and that that 's a valid use in pixel art is um, popular and, and useful for, for lots of different things. So that could be a thing. Um, but for me, what I, I'm choosing to see this application as, uh, a a very simple, um, image adjustment application. And it doesn't advertise itself as that at all. Like, I mean, uh, at least not that I can see. Really, it, it, you know, it, it is apparently an easy to use paint program for KDE. Now it does say, to be fair, um, that it's that it it, it it can do image manipulation. So it's it it doesn't hide that exactly. It's just the way that it sort of advertises itself on colorpaint.org is largely that it's a fun little paint program. I just happen to think that at least personally, I think it's more useful as a really lightweight or maybe not lightweight. But I mean, it's there, right? It's it's a KDE application. So you have it anyway. It's just there and if you go to image well, if you open a photograph and then go to the Image menu, go to More Effects, you have all kinds of different effects that you can apply to this image, many of which are very useful, like hue, saturation, and value. So you can kind of adjust sort of the look of the the photograph. Uh, you can choose... Uh, invert isn't very useful, I don't think. Um, emboss don't really need that you got reduce colors so you can optimize the image Uh, you could invert it or invert just certain channels so yeah you can you can modify things in in the image um, in the image thing you've got uh, rotate left rotate right rotate so all those kind of basic things now now, admittedly a lot of these are also available in like Gwen view so maybe you don't even need to resort to color paint for that but And I would, I would love if color paint had like maybe some tools for marking up an image, like some arrows, you know, some just auto shape arrows. Uh, If, in case you want to take a screenshot and then highlight a certain area of that screenshot, I would love to just have an, a quick and easy arrow function rather than sort of, what everyone's going to do, which is draw an arrow with the paintbrush and it's going to look horrible and silly. So I don't know. I I guess the use case of this for me is a little bit puzzling. I'm not a hundred percent sure, you know, how I'm going to use it personally, if ever. I think, I think pixel art is one thing that I can vaguely understand that, that I can see. And I think just general adjustment of, 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 of an image is something that I can definitely appreciate. Um but the drawing side of it, I, I think I would just use MyPaint or Krita or even GIMP with the MyPaint libraries is not actually so bad. So I don't think I would use color paint myself. Is it great for a kid? Probably really, really great for kids. And I don't that may be their market. That might be what they actually have in mind. Um but I mean I'm just trying to Sort of. i don't mean to sound negative about this application because this this is great like for for someone this is exactly what they're looking for i'm just saying for me like as i struggle to understand like what i could possibly do with this application i think for me it would be uh the image the image adjustment side of things so that's color paint not saving my work that's color paint and yeah, show it to a kid. See see what they can, what kind of artwork they can create. I guess because it is it is admittedly a lot less complex than my paint and Krita, certainly. Um, so there you go. That's that's everything. Um, next time we'll pick right up with uh, compare, which I've done a whole episode on before. So I probably won't talk too much about it. Conqueror, conquest, console, and on and on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next. Time.